0: The Never Say Die Angels giving their fans a thrill down the stretch. Nan delivers, and it's belted! Left field in the gap! It's in
1: there for a double! Here comes Biggins! Here comes Anderson! The Angels take the lead!
0: Six to five! A lot of that World Series was, is kind of a blur. Be, you know, I don't remember a lot of specifics. But that at bat,
1: you must. That at bat, I remember. Um, do you just replay that in your head all the time? <laughs> no, no, I don't think about oh, it. Oh man. I don't think about it. It was 22 years ago. If you had the chance to have a beer with your favorite baseball player, what would you talk about? Would you ask the same tired questions like every reporter after the game? How did you feel? What was going through your mind? Yada yada yada. Probably not. It's time you hear the stories that these players have never told. This is the Setup Man podcast, where we have conversations that every fan wants to hear and the stories that every player and coach deserve to share. Let's get started.
2: The time has finally come. It is the first two episodes release of the Setup Man podcast. For those of you who don't know, my name is Kyle Stanley. I am the host of the Setup Man podcast, and you get to know a lot about my story and why I started this podcast by watching our introduction video or listening to our introduction podcast right here on whatever platform you're listening to or watching. And and I'm just excited. I know a lot of you are like, okay, just get to it. Troy Gloss. I've been excited to hear from him. First of all, I want to like give you a couple different things that are going on. This is actually one of two podcasts that we release at the same time, because I want to give you an opportunity to hear from two people and kind of binge As we start here, the other one is Matt Strom. He's a left-handed pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. He is a great interview, and he's a big card collector like I used to be, and so we get to uh, talk a little bit about that. Now, if you aren't already, remember to subscribe and leave a review, whether you're on YouTube or the podcast. If you're on the podcast right now, leave a review. Give us five stars. That really, really helps us, especially as we get started here to grow and to help people know more about the Setup Man podcast. If you're on YouTube, liking, subscribing, and commenting on the video is huge for engagement as well. And again, that just helps with the algorithm for more people to know what we're doing and all this great content that we're about to start doing. Also, if you aren't following us on social media, we've got Twitter at Setup Pod and Instagram at Setup Pod. And What I want to tell you, too, is if you haven't already subscribed to our list on setupman.net, you're going to want to do that. Here's why. I'm going to be doing a lot of giveaways, especially in the beginning here, for those that are subscribed to my list. And The only way that you're going to know if I'm doing a giveaway is if you're actually subscribed to that list and that's when you're going to get those emails, okay? So just go to setupman.net, and whether it is swag, whether it is going to be from some of our upcoming sponsors, which, by the way, we've got some really cool ones coming up, or uh, I'm also going to be trying to get some memorabilia from these people that I'm interviewing, maybe a signed baseball, maybe a signed shirt. Make sure you're subscribed to our list so you can be a part of those giveaways. Now, the whole reason you're here, Troy Gloss, I'm excited to show this interview with him. Honestly, this was like my favorite interview that we've done so far. I've done about nine or ten, and Troy was a character. The guy was a lot of fun to talk to. He had a lot of really cool stories to share. Um, You're going to notice we actually do a puzzle while we're doing this. Why are we doing a puzzle? Well, Troy is going to talk a little bit as we start the podcast about this brain study that he did, and I kind of did some research, and I kind of asked Google, what are some cool things that you can do to help with – improving your brain health and doing a puzzle is one of them and i asked troy and he's like i love puzzles and so i said yeah let's do a puzzle while we do this uh how far we get in that puzzle well you'll see uh we also talk about the 2002 world series his time in the olympics and also some cool things like the contact issues that he had the eyesight issues that he had while he was uh playing for a number of different teams and so What I also want to tell you is that we had an exclusive story that he shared that's not going to be in this interview. It's on Instagram only. So make sure to go to our Instagram page at Setup Man Pod and check out that interview, that story, I should say, about Cal Ripken Jr. He has a really, really cool story that I think you guys are going to love. So make sure to check it out on our Instagram page. All right, I'm going to stop blabbering. Let's get to it right now with Troy Gloss here on the Setup Man Podcast.
1: All right, Troy, so we're here. uh, You and I talked a little bit about this before, so anyone who's watching us on YouTube right now is like, why are you guys in front of a puzzle? (laughs) Well, uh, we share a a common, Passion, I guess. I love doing puzzles, but you, especially um, because of this brain study that you did recently That's really made a big difference on your life. Yes. I decided hey, let's let's have some fun with it Let's do a puzzle while we're mm-hmm. doing this. I don't know about you. I like to start with borders Of and course since this is gonna be probably about an hour. I don't think we're gonna put together a no. 500 piece <laughs> no. puzzle. So let's see if we can at least get All the right. borders going Wonderful. and uh, In the meantime, tell me about what this brain study was and why you decided to do it. Yeah, so
0: You know about two years ago I was really, really struggling just okay. with life in general, some relationships and things like that. So I was, you know, I was, I was drinking too much. Mm. I was, you know, just not being very present around uh, with my son and mm. my wife at that point. Okay. Um, and I got in contact with a doctor named Dr. Amon, who, you know, one of the few. He was a, you know, psychologist by trade. Okay. Or a psychiatrist um, by trade. Um, but he kind of looked at it from a different, uh, different view, right? He looked at it, says, with the, with the kind of the thought of, nobody ever looks at someone's brain, right? You're trying to you're trying to resolve an issue. They're looking at without it. taking an actual picture of it, right? Diagnosis, if you break your the... right, if you break your arm, yeah, you get an X-ray, yeah, right? You hurt your shoulder pitching, you get an MRI, right? right. You go in there with with. Uh, some mental issues or, or just whatever the issues might be. Get a psychiatrist. You get a psychiatrist yeah. and they just throw stuff at you, medications at you and hope it sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd gone through that a little bit and it obviously was not working. Yeah. So went in there, had a brain scan. Um, obviously it showed that we were not functioning at peak capacity. W- what did
1: that look like? What When you say you looked at the brain so scan? So it, t-
0: it takes, a, um, takes a scan of it. Okay. Um, and it gives you a 3D, well, on a computer, right? It kind of gives you a 3D model of what it looked like. Okay. Um, it's kind of supposed to be pretty smooth and pretty equal and mine was very much rigid or ridged. Um, I could track just about every major concussion I had ever had. Wow. Um, by spots on it. Um, so it just wasn't functioning well and I had to get it back healthy, right? Drinking probably had, definitely had a lot to do with it but yeah. also head trauma as a kid, um, you know, it's, young kids do, right? You crash yeah. a motorcycle, you crash your bike, you do this, you do that. I got hit in the head when I was in college, right? And it knocked me out. So there was a spot there. Wow. Um, so there's just, there was damage, right? It was like anything. It was like anything you damaged, right? Yep. And, and, and it was a built, and his program, along with obviously talking to him, uh, really kind of, it helps heal those spots. Right? The, the issues, right? And, yeah. you know, I was functioning, the parts of my brain that were really, really hot, meaning like they were really firing a lot, was, you know, emotions and reactions and things like that, where the rest of it kind of common, you know, uh, how would I put it? Uh, kind of like regular day stuff, right? It was just kind of quiet. Okay. Right? So the point is getting it all functioning, excuse me, at its peak capacity. So I've been doing them for about two years. Um, each scan is a little bit better. Um, part of that's diet, uh, obviously stopping drinking, which has been yeah. been good. Um, you know, but it just, it, it's just an overall health okay. way of going about things. Um, and it's really helped, really. I mean, it really, really, it, it was, you know, it was a dark time and a dark place for me. Um, but, you know, obviously it's, you know, it, it's, it's, you know there, there's, Everybody has their struggles every day. Yeah, Um,
1: It didn't go away, but it feels better. So when you say, you know, dark times, how how did all this pop up in your life? You're talking about, you know, some of it on an emotional side, some of it on a day-to-day side. What did it look like maybe even through the lens of the people closest to you? Well, yeah,
0: it was just, I was just not there. Even though I was physically there, just emotionally and mentally, I wasn't there. not rea- present? Yeah, I was yeah. reacting to things. You know, not an appropriate reaction. I say not appropriate in the sense that I would overreact okay. to certain things, underreact to others. Okay. You know, and it just, you know, my wife, you know, basically just said, hey, listen, we got we to gotta get this figured out, right? There's something going on mm. here. Um. Well, how great that she was wanting to work with me yeah, on that. Which yeah, which is great, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't want to really kind of, I didn't want to, have my son go through that. I wanted to be here okay. all the time for him. Um, I wanted to be part of his life, present with his life and, and and a part of it. So, you know, it was time for me to
1: get straight, get right. Yeah.
2: So what did that process
1: look like to getting right? You see that the brain is not functioning. What, right. did, what did he have you do? So there's some supplements we took. It was all natural, right? okay. supplement stuff, but uh, diet.
0: Certainly. I mean, the key is, obviously, I stopped drinking, which really helps. Yeah. You know? um, <clears throat> so that's been a couple of years now. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, it was it was just an overall health and well-being kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't necessarily just throw something at it and, and it sticks. Yeah. Right? It takes time. And it's a process. Right? Yeah. And uh, it's been really good. Right? It's been really good that I, I, you know, I've been able to you know, for the better part of a couple of years now, work at it and get better and yeah. be more around and be more present. And it's been good.
1: Is that the biggest change, just feeling like you're more present? Give me like an example. For sure.
0: Like, I, or I'm just reacting to situations in an appropriate fashion, okay. right? In, in, in terms of, of overreacting and underreacting, right? mean yeah. it could be a simple thing with my son, right? And on the field, you know, he gets upset, he rolled over, whatever, and then I, I would lose it, yeah. right? And not because I wanted to lose it, but I didn't really have the tools or the ability to not lose it. Okay. Right? And now it's, I'm just overall calmer. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll still, I'll still lose it. Yeah. on your competitor. <laughs> on occasion. But it just, it more, it was just, uh, I guess it was more just having kind of an appropriate response. Yeah. To, to, to a situation instead of just being either here and then flying off the handle and then trying to come back. Right. right? And then flying off again. It's, th- there's even times where I'll, I shocked myself and I was like, something will happen and I'll,
1: I'll react to it calmly or whatever. And I was like, well, that's... There's growth. That's yeah. new. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> right? That's new. That's awesome. Do you feel like you were seeing signs of this while you were playing, or did it really pop up after? Uh, the I'm sure. And... it all. I mean, it all started then, okay. I'm sure.
0: Um, but, you you know, we're, we're in the grind, right? We're just putting our head down and playing and getting to the next day and getting yeah. to the next day and getting to the next day. Where when you're retired, you don't have a whole hell of a lot going on. Yeah. Right? So it was just... You know, it was it was more just kind of getting getting comfortable with with the new what what the new reality is. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly this this next this step coming up here to Clovis and, and coaching, that never would have happened if this was two years ago. Right. Never. I just was I wasn't emotionally or
1: mentally ready to do that. So when when you talk about you know especially the the transition from going from playing to yeah. being at home and not having a lot to do what was that like just from a, a transitional lifestyle
0: it was nice for a while yeah um, you know I picked up golf played started playing some competitive golf and that that took that cool urge away you any good for a while I got pretty good. good and then at the same time I was you know I was traveling around the country we were playing in some uh, national four balls and things like that with a friend of mine. Um, but then it just kind of became a job again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, I, I, was put, I was out there practicing all the time. I was, you know, playing four or five days a week. Mm-hmm. And I was still finishing 10th. Because, you know, I'm not a golfer. I'm a yeah. baseball player who's playing golf, Yeah, yeah. right? All my, the, my friends who were, in, when I was living in Florida at the time, you know, a couple of them had mini tour. they played in college, okay. like, like, you're just gonna be better than me no matter what, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> it's like, and I was like, I don't, I don't really enjoy finishing 10th. Um, especially when I, you do, when I'm doing something that I thought at a level that was really good. Yeah. Um,
1: well, as a competitor, I I find that a lot of us, if we're not going to be the best at it, we kind of just like, well, screw this. I don't want to go any further. Right. It's like,
0: I got, I got kind of as good as I was going to get, I thought. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was good enough for me. Okay. So I just kind of stopped playing. Um, part of it was, you know, then it started becoming a social event more than an actual, uh, athletic event, Mm -hmm. um, which was obviously detrimental, (laughs) Yeah. You know, you go out there, have a couple of beers, this, that, and the other, and all For of a sure. sudden, you're, you know, by the time you go home, you're six or seven in, and you're like, you know, it just, it was a, it was a, a spiral. Yeah. Right? So, I just took that out, and I stopped playing. Right? So, that gave me one less opportunity to get to that spot. That's cool.
1: So, I feel like a lot of people, though, don't really talk about the transition of going from playing to just being at home. Right. <laughs> Do you... Feel like that was something that you were prepared for, or was did it just hit you like a ton of bricks? Um, I knew, I knew I was done playing.
0: Okay. Um, so, so that was, you know, I fortunately got to go out, as, as the old saying, on my own terms. Okay. Right, like I didn't get released and that kind of stuff to where now all of a sudden people aren't calling you and you want a job but you're not getting one. Um, so I, that was that was made the transition easier. Um, just because I physically couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, right. Baseball's a young man's game. Everybody's throwing 100, and I'm getting older. That's a bad combination, (laughs) right? Like, like my bat speed's slowing down, and everybody else is throwing harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... (laughs) That's tough to keep up with. Yeah, it's tough to keep up, right? And that was fine. And I couldn't run anymore, and it was just, it was bad. Okay. So, you know, it... it, So, in terms of that, I I went home feeling good about it. Okay, that's Um, good. I didn't feel like I got cheated, which was good. Um, But... All of a sudden, for 30 years, 35 years of my life, really, I'd always had somewhere to go. I'd always had a reason yeah. to go. I'd had people telling me, you need to be here then, and, you know, here, yeah. there, buses at four, you know, be there, you know, BP is here, game's at one, game's at seven, game's, you know, day was so it was playing out, minutes, so I never yeah. had to have a thought about it, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, the highlight of my day is waking up. Yeah, that's... And then the only thing I, get, the only thing I have to do that day is go to bed, <laughs> at some point. So it became, it was difficult, right? And it was, it was hard to kind of wrap my head around. So the, and the golf took care of that for a while. Okay. But then, like I said, it just became, it was more of a job at that point. The right? golf and, was? The, yeah. Because yeah. it's just, I wasn't getting, you know, I gotten to a point where I was good enough to be, I was good enough to be good, but I wasn't good enough to win. Yeah. Right. And I don't like not winning, <laughs> you know, I, Same. you know, <laughs> I, I, I really kind of hate losing even more than I like winning, um, you know, so it was, uh, it, it just became not fun anymore, Right, it became more of a job. I'd come home mad because, oh my God! You know, my wife'd be like, "Well, what'd you shoot today?" I was like, "Oh, you know, I shot sixty-eight. Should have been a sixty-six because I missed two putts and this and that and the other." And it was just, she's like, "What are you doing? This is a hobby, right?" Like, Uh I'm not wired to just have hobbies, right? Like, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna be good at it, or I'm not not gonna gonna do it, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) or I'll just not do it. Yeah. So it was, uh, and, and when that kind of started happening, and then it said, like I said, it just kind of fell into more of a social event. And then that was just unhealthy, right? So I just stopped playing. And I have I play a couple times a year now, and I have fun doing it. And if I hit a ball out of bounds, I just throw another one down, and you know, like it's a big deal, right? Like I I can still hit good shots, but my misses are worse (laughs) because I'm not swinging a golf club every day. Um, But so I have fun now, right? And I can I can do that where before I wasn't unless I
1: was playing really hard or really well, I wasn't having fun doing it. Well, I'll tell you what. I am the king of being the best bad golfer out there. So, uh, if you're if you're breaking seventy, though, I mean that's impressive. I'm I've broken ninety once in my life, and I was stoked about that. So, uh, you're gonna find some good golf courses out here yeah. in Fresno. So I'm excited for you. Uh, but you also mentioned that you're gonna be coaching, and uh, I want to just know really quickly, you know, what was the and by the way, I gotta I'm I'm not gonna call you out, but I'm gonna call you out. I have got a few more pieces that I've put together here. Well no. Uh, <laughs> You're talking shit. Multitasking too. Yeah, yeah, is yeah, not my yeah. jam. <laughs>
0: okay? Okay? Like uh, what? When I lock in, I lock in and I'll get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Doing two things at once is not my best move. Okay. Well, then after we stop recording, you're just going to go at this puzzle then. Uh, so you're coming back. Well, you actually are coming to Fresno, coming to Clovis and yes. coaching at Buchanan. Uh, tell me what led to that decision, and did you have any ties? It was kind of, you know, for yeah. a lot of us locals, we were like, what? Troy Voss? Right. That's awesome. So
0: I you know, have family friends, close okay. family friends that live in town, um, Got a college roommate that I played with at UCLA, he lives in town. Um, So Clovis wasn't, and Fresno wasn't uh, an unknown. Okay, Um, probably wasn't on your radar though. No, it was not, to be honest. But it was, uh, you know, it it was something, my son's now old enough where I didn't have to feel like I had to be on top of everything all the time, Mm -hmm. right? It's time for him to spread his wings, you know, in terms of his baseball career and also school, right? So um, I was kind of thinking about what I was gonna do And I didn't even know what that was gonna be. Um, And then this kind of fell in my lap and it really kind of started making me think. You know, after I went to spring training this year with the Angels for five days and that really, I really enjoyed it, Yeah. right? I really had fun doing it. Um, And I didn't know if I was going to, but I did it as a favor, you know, Phil Nevin, the manager, is one of my best friends and- Oh, cool. So, you know, I did it as as a favor to him because he asked me to, but then I really enjoyed it. So that kind of started piquing my interest as, as to coaching. Um, I had coached at a high school in Florida when I was there, just helping a friend out um, and enjoyed it. Right. But, in, but, I, but because I was the assistant, I couldn't necessarily put everything in and do everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so then that kind of, so the conversation kind of started, right. And then okay. I started thinking about it and it started fitting, you know, ticking more and more boxes. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately I just decided that this was going to be a great move for myself. Individually, but also a great move for my son to getting back. He had been homeschooled in San Diego, getting back into school. Cool. You know, getting into, uh, you know, school
1: sports and baseball. You know, he's kind of perfect timing too. It's not like he's leaving a different school. He's starting right, and it's kind of
0: one of those things where he's 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 an incoming seventh grader. So like, if you wait, you know, if it's kind of not done by the time you get to high school, you're probably going to stay where you're at. Yeah, you know. so it was—it kind of, was kind of good timing for everything, um, and it, and it really kind of ticked a lot of boxes, right? It was—it was good for him, and ultimately, if it wasn't good for him, then I wouldn't have done it. But, okay. but it was uh, good for me, good for him, um, and I think he'll—I th- I know he'll thrive here, right? It's—it's a, it's a great community, and it's—it's it's an opportunity, um,
1: you know, for him to kind of spread his wings and, yeah. ma- and make his own name. It's interesting too because you said that you were you know, assistant coach over in Florida, Yeah, you come and you're, you're the head coach at one. I know that you're brand new to the Fresno and Clovis area, but Buchanan has a long track record. Yes, of it does. So is there some pressure that comes in with that? Um, yeah, for sure. But, yeah. but I'm
0: good with that. Like pressure to me is you only, you're, there's only pressure if there's expectations Yeah, and expectations are great. Absolutely. Right. Like I, I it, it, pressures never been one thing that has been something that's really ever bothered me. Because I want people to expect me to do well. Okay. Right? That, that, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, and I've, I've been fortunate to be, or, you know, fortunate or not, but to have success in, in pressure situations, um, certainly in my playing days. And it was, you know, so I, I look forward to it. Okay. Maybe, maybe some people don't, but I do. Like, I'm, I'm totally cool with having expectations and pressure because that's, I put that same pressure on myself. 'Cause I expect to be good at this. Yeah. I expect the team to be good. Maybe great. We'll see. Right? That that's gonna see that's gonna fall under, you know, how how many of these kids, you know, how do they are they work hard, right? And 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 some of it's just a talent thing, right? I, I know we're all we got good players. And you know, if we're if they're willing to dedicate it and and dedicate to the the to the team and to the sport, they'll be they'll be better than they probably even know they could be. Um, and we're going to play a fun style of baseball,
1: so they'll they'll enjoy it. Okay, cool. Well, you talk about pressure. I mean, it's obvious that you performed at top pressure moments. You know, you were a great ball player, but especially when the postseason started, Mm -hmm. man, you turned it on to another level, 2002 World Series MVP. Do you think that that desire to enjoy pressure uh, was something that you were born with, or was it something that was developed over time? Talk about that. I
0: think, you know, I think you can become, you know, I— I, I would say a little bit of both, right? Um, the more pressure situations you were in the, well, I take this back. You become a little bit more desensitized to the, to the situations. Mm -hmm. Um, but also if, if you're not having success in those situations, they obviously can bury you as well. Yeah. Right. So, um, I've always put pressure on myself to be the best player I could be. And that and that's been good enough, right? That's been good for me over my career. Um, but that being said, it, it's you know it, it's never. I want to put this right way. It's it, it, it's not really making the situation bigger than it is. Yeah. Right. It's understanding how to rationalize where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said this a lot about playing in the World Series when people ask me about postseasons and things like that. Everything else is different. Before the game, after the game, Um, the the title of the game, yeah, right. But once the first pitch is made, it's the same game. game, We're playing. We're playing a team we played in June. game one, they they started Jason Schmidt. Well, we played him in interleague play. Yeah. So it wasn't like this was a team we didn't we knew nothing about. The only thing that really was different was that somebody upstairs named the game different. Right. So perspective. You know. So once it actually started. It wasn't any different, right? I'm still facing a guy who's throwing 97 yeah. with a good
1: slider, yeah. just like I did in June, right? <laughs> Even though, I mean, you know, I, I, I agree with that, but also, you know, it's those games, those playoff games that the fans remember the most and talk about for years and years. For you sure. never, never added any pressure on top of that, just knowing that it meant so much more to the fans? Uh,
0: there's nothing they could have done to have to put more pressure or expectations on myself than I did not really already, put on myself, yeah. right? Um, it was, it, it's... I wanted to win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't care who was the who who had the best. I, I didn't care who had who had the best series, who had okay. the best game. Who, I didn't care. I just wanted to win games. Right at that point, we played two hundred games that year. Yeah, some, We some <laughs> spring training in the season, and then into that, we all you know we were all on you know I don't know one hundred ninety five two hundred games. Like yeah. we've played this long, we might as well win, right? <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Um, so it's you know it. it it, it just really was not, there was nothing that anybody on the outside was going to do to make me feel different about what was going on right there during mm-hmm. that and while it was going on. That's good. Right, because I was putting as much pressure on myself as anybody could to be successful so our team could win. Yeah. Right, and and there, like I said, there was nothing anybody else on the outside could have done to change
1: that. Mm. That's good. I think it's a good time to start talking about the 2002 World Series. Mm-hmm. You got rally monkeys all over the place. You got yeah. sticks that are making crazy noise that we've oh. never seen in the stadiums. You got Bonds trying to, one, you know, all on his own, take care of you guys. I mean, there's so many things that I remember about that World Series even more so than even the year before, with 2001, an amazing World Series mm-hmm. between the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. But this one was just like, man, what sticks out to you when you think back to that entire seven-game series?
0: You know, it was that team, that the Angels team that year, was it was... Unlike any other team I'd ever played on, yeah. Um, You know, we started the season terribly. I think we were six and fourteen or something to start to start the season. Um, and really, we kind of sat down and had a little come to Jesus moment for all of us, right? You know, the old team meeting. Yeah, right. (laughs) Those actually work,
1: huh? Well, (laughs) sometimes. Sometimes.
0: (laughs) Sometimes, right? And you know, we. We had, we had a couple suspensions coming out of spring training for a fight that we had in spring training. Oh wow. Myself and Spezio were involved in, um, and and one of our pitchers. We had guys that were a little bit banged up. So we weren't at top. We, we weren't running all cylinders yeah. to start the game, start Sounds the season, like but it. that's not an excuse, right? We're, we just played like crap. Okay. Um, and it really kind of, we, we kind of looked at each other in the mirror, right? We looked at all of us, right? In, the, in our faces and, and just decided that the, this team is too good to be this bad. Mm. And what were we going to do to change, right? And and what what did you guys? It was come it to was do? more it was more just a change of attitude, right? Like okay. we, we were went hundred percent all in, right? Like you, nobody cares who's driving the runs in, nobody cares who's scoring the runs, nobody cares who's getting the win, who's getting the pitcher's perspective, who's getting mm-hmm. credit for the win. You know, we were going to move runners, we were going to get the guy in from third, do the little things that it took to win win baseball games. Okay. And we just took off from there. Um, you know, I think we ended up winning 99 games that year. So that, whatever, that was 93 and something for the next 142 games. Pretty damn good. So that was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, but it was, it was it, there was a cohesiveness amongst us. A lot of us were homegrown. Okay. Um, so there was kind of a bond there. Um, the Angels did a really good job there in the early 90s. Uh, or, well, actually, all the way through the 90s. Like every year, it was kind of one guy came up. One guy came up, one rookie came up, you know, started, with Tim, started with Tim Salmon, yeah. uh, ended with John Lackey and uh, and Francisco Rodriguez, starts, right? So, yeah. you know, they were in the, you know, I was in that, Washburn was in that, Molina was in that, um, you know, Adam Kennedy, although he came from the Cardinals, you know, was start started, he was not in the minor leagues with us, but he, this was where he got his start. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Garrett Anderson, David, uh, uh, Darren Erstad, Tim Salmon, you know, all the, I mean, we Scott Schoenweiss in the bullpen, Troy Percival, we were all homegrown. Yeah. We were all angel draft draft picks, minus AK, right? We were all angel draft picks. So we it's had we had a bond there yeah. that was different than any other team I'd really been, that I played on. But it really was, it was, you know, we had each other's backs, mm. you know? We had, you know, it was, it was, if, if someone was scuffling, we picked them up, right? Nobody's good all the time. Mm-hmm. Right, someone's having a tough go of it on the mound. We pick him up. We call time. We talk to him. You know, try to try to nurse him through that game, help him through that game. But again, like the egos, the egos were out the door. You know, you you hear that a lot, right? Like, oh, we checked our egos at the door. Right. And yeah, that term was brought up, but really, that that team did that. Like, we did not care. Mm. We didn't care what anybody said about us. We didn't care what anybody, again, what anybody in the outside could not break yeah. us right it was it was our 25 going forward throughout that year and let's see how good we can be and it turned out to be obviously really good um, but what it was it, it was just a it was like a brotherhood right yeah. like it was really you know I'm still close to a lot of those guys cool. right and and it's you know we've been through been you know been in the trenches with each other right yeah. and and you know and and um, you know, I would never be, I would never compare, obviously, a baseball game to war. That's a whole different thing. But, but, sure. you know, the, the I'm, brotherhood I'm struggling to there. come up with a different term. Yeah, but the brotherhood is on right. either side. Yeah, and you, you guys each those back. And so. it's just, and, you know, there were guys, and the guys who were from outside had to come in, they bought in too. Oh, that's right? great. And it you was, right, of course. And really, from an offensive perspective, we played super aggressive on the bases. We were, dove, you know, we were diving for balls. We were, you know, we were just doing everything to, to help win that game that day. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, let's do it all over again. It was it was just it was as much fun as I've ever had playing uh, that year, just because, and not because we were winning, yeah. But just because, like you knew the the
1: guy next to you had your back, yeah, right. And that's that's super important. When you talk about this brotherhood, you, typically there's one or two guys that are leading it. Uh, how much was Socha getting in, and who were those one or two guys that really were like, hey? We've, we we want to make this statement for everyone.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Percy was the biggest, you know, he was the biggest one, uh, Troy Percival. Nice. Um, you know, but it was like, th- th- we didn't really have that one stand up. I mean, Percy was a pitcher, right? But right. from the offensive perspective, we didn't have really that one guy who stood up and said, okay, this is my, this is my group. Sure. We just did it all together. Right? Cool. Like we, we, we were accountable to each other. Anybody could, could, uh, anybody was, was able to, could, uh, jump someone's, a little bit, yeah, um, and that happened, um, but also it, we all knew that it came with love, hmm. right? It came with respect, yeah, um, and really nobody much got out of got out of line. <laughs> it just because everybody just kind of fell in place and and this and we were going. How cool, um, you know? Over the course of six months with twenty five Type A personalities in one room, yeah, there were there were arguments, <laughs> of course, right? it's gonna be there were discussions, Yeah. yeah, heated discussions, but. You know, I think we all knew. Like, it, it, no matter what anybody was saying to any any other individual, it all came, it all came with love and it came with That's
1: respect. That's good. Cool. So it was fantastic. Okay. Before I ask my next question, I am eyeing two pieces over there. Yeah. What do you got? That I know are going to work. Oh, there we, we got go. those letterings right there, yeah, yeah. and then maybe something right there all too. All right. Sounds good. Let's see. Let's try that out. I think that one. That, that one be like a winner. There we go. Oh. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Made. Nice. There we go, I got it. So you're much better at multitasking than I am. There we go, there we go. By the way, apologies for this being a Cubs uh, Ah, puzzle. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. (laughs) Uh, I can say the same to you, brother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Well, when Giants fans come to me and they're like, oh, God, we still remember 2002, you you
1: screwed us. I'm like, Listen. Listen, I would have screwed anyone. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Don't take it personal, yeah. but you won three cents. You're going to yeah, you're o- okay. you're gonna have to get over this. You're, okay. right? like, you're going to have to get over
1: it. I got over Steve Bartman. They can <laughs> yeah. get over you. <laughs> we won't yeah. go into that. No, his name,
0: his name. I was watching the game the other night and somebody reached over and caught a fly ball and his name popped of up course. again. Of uh,
1: course. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy.
0: Poor guy. Uh, we it's don't something need it.
1: that everybody else would have done. Yeah. We don't need to get into it now. There's, but now there's those fences, so he couldn't do it now. But I think this guy was far enough down the line. You think so? I think he was okay. But still, like again, you've won one. Since we have, we have Uh, probably nobody happier than Steve Bartman himself. Oh my god! Yeah. (laughs) Going back to the 2002 World Series, Mm -hmm. the two things that stand out as a fan: the rally monkey and those sticks. The thunder sticks. First of all, let's talk about the rally monkey. Yeah. Was it real? Yeah. Like, did did that actually pump you guys up? Oh, you know,
0: like <laughs> what it did was really the crowd noise and and of the course. things that that came with it. You know, the monkey itself, no, but <laughs> but it is a real monkey. We they brought him out sometimes. Touched
2: it, saw. It? I didn't touch okay. it. No, 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 no. <laughs>
0: no. But it was. I think it was. It, and don't like, don't quote me on this, but I think it might have actually been. Remember the the Marcel the monkey no, from, from Friends. I think it might have been the same guy. Is that a theory or do you actually perfect totally theory. Okay. I have no <laughs> I have no scientific proof of that being okay. true at all. But they look the same. They That's look all I the got. Same. That's all I got. They do look the same. Right? And how many little monkeys wearing diapers can there be running around the, <laughs> running around the world? Like I don't know. Well, especially in Hollywood, right? Right. Like yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know how many well, whatever kind of monkeys those are are trained to yeah, yeah. like hang out like, yeah. I don't know. There can't be many. <laughs> but anyway, they look the same. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, and, and the, the Thundersticks, man, those things were loud. Dude. I, those, they didn't show up until, uh, until the playoffs, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it was... That year we actually played uh, in the ALCS. We played mm-hmm. the Twins, and it was still in the old Metrodome. Oh, man. And All that
1: noise, just get trapped in there.
0: That was the loudest I'd ever heard. Oh, yeah. In Inside. But, um, you know, there was... It's a football stadium, right? So there was, I don't know, sixty some thousand people. Roof, everybody's waving white flags. You can't see anything. The roof's white. The people are white. You know, the, awesome, the, the, yeah. the 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 towels are white. There's, yeah. You know, all the people are swinging white towels. You couldn't see a damn thing. Yeah. And but just the level of noise that was in there was unbelievable. Like I couldn't I couldn't talk to my shortstop at all. Like I could scream at the top of my lungs and he couldn't hear me. Yeah. Um. But, the loudest, but Angel Stadium with those Thunder sticks,
1: by far and away, not even close, the loudest outside game I ever played. I felt like that started a trend, because then you started seeing it at all these other venues, the thunder sticks, Yeah, and it's a repeat.
0: Yeah. Everybody seems like it's a good, then they think, oh, that's a great idea, we'll do that too. You yep. know, like it's a, you know, they, they imitate.
1: Were you surprised at how into those sticks the fans got? I you remember what, seeing them and just being like, that's stupid. But then oh, when no, you no, no. saw everyone going at it. You know, what, it, it just
0: became, you know, it, it allowed them to just make noise without just yeah. screaming for three hours. Yeah. Um, but it was, like I said, it was, they, 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 those fans had been so close on a, on a couple of occasions um, to even getting to the World Series mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, c- certainly the ones that had been around 30 or 40 years, as fans, you know, they were, they really, really, they were into it and they wanted it. Um, you know, we saw halfway through the year, we started selling games out. And, That's cool. You know, it was fantastic. And that trend lasted for probably a few years, I would think. Um, you know, it just, the, the level of noise that they were able to maintain. Because yeah. you can only scream for so long, right? <laughs> you can't scream for three straight hours. But you can bang these things for three straight hours. Absolutely. And so the level of noise that the fans were able to
1: maintain throughout the course of the games were... Was unbelievable. Yeah, so the Giants blow you guys out to take a three to two lead, right? I don't know the order, but yeah, yeah, I, I believe that was Game Five. <laughs> I know we came it, it, back. If, we came back three to two. I do know that. I, yeah. don't, I don't know in order which order any of those games happened, but I, I, if memory serves correctly, I think it was Game Five. It was like sixteen to four or something. Yeah. Like so I, the,
0: the three games in St. Louis or in San Francisco, yeah. I don't remember the order.
1: Right. You but know, back, but I do
0: know we won one and lost two.
1: Back in Angel Stadium, <laughs> though, you guys are down five nothing in the seventh yes. inning, and I mean. I just remember, like, okay, this this game's over, and you start in the bottom of the seventh. This little mini rally. Yep. Spezio hits the three-run bomb. Mm-hmm. Talk about the what was going on in that dugout at five nothing, and then what was going on at five to three. So a couple
0: things. Yeah. One is, you know, after the game, you know, obviously they talked about Dusty Baker handing the ball to Russ Ortiz, and sure. we didn't see any of that. I didn't know about that till after the game. Okay. So when you know the reporters and the things were trying to get us, oh, that that, that fire you up? And did you, I was like, we never even saw it. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. This is just another example of that team being very special. We truly believed that we were gonna win every game we played. Wow. Like we were shocked when we lost. And it, and, it, and you lose. Baseball, you, you lose games, nobody wins them all, mm-hmm. right? Nobody goes 162-0. Right? But we were truly surprised. When, you lost. when we lost games. Yeah. And, you know, because we'd done so much winning throughout the year after our 20 game start. Of course. You know, no one in our dugout, no one in our clubhouse, no one in the bullpen, no one on our coaching staff ever thought that we were ever gonna lose that game. Mm. It never even crossed our minds. Even while you're down five, nothing. Never even crossed wow. our minds. I never had a thought that we weren't gonna win that game. Wow. Or thought about losing that game, mm-hmm. right? it, it, we knew we could put runs up. We knew our bullpen could keep them from scoring, Hmm. right? So then it was our job to catch up and then it'll be the bullpen's job to hold it, which they ultimately did. But Mm -hmm. you know, we knew we could, we could explode at any moment to get runs.
1: and, and then, and then you did. It, and then we did.
0: Yeah. I, and it was just so that inning started. I mean, I don't remember what I don't remember what I did to start the inning, but I know I was on second base when Speeds hit the three-run homer. Uh, next inning, Erstey goes deep uh, off Worrell. Um, They brought in Nin, who I'd faced a couple times, but you know he's no fun. Yeah. He's a great guy. I've, I've hung out <laughs> with him since we played golf, but you know he probably has a different way of looking at that at bat. But it was. Uh, like, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd faced him as a Marlin a couple years before, and I was like, okay, this guy's good. But I do remember having a conscious thought, like, okay, if we can get this game tied, now we can kind of start over, mm. right? And, and reload. And I like, and, and I think our bullpen's going to beat their bullpen, especially since they'd already gotten to their closer, right? And, <clears throat> and then it threw me a first pitch cutter down the way, and I looked terrible. And I knew it was coming just because that's what he throws, right? And I I just got too excited. Yeah. Right? I wanted to hurry, I wanted to get that thing on the ground. Moments. Let's let whatever wear, happened, yeah. happen. Okay, let's get the game tied. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can take a breath and we can start over. Um and then the next pitch he hung a slider. Yeah, he left it up there. He left it up, a little backup slider. Um, and I was able to get it in the gap. So both both runs scored, which actually put us up one. Um, and then I was standing on second base. So like it was it was it was it was it was cool because it, it was a lot of that World Series was is kind of a blur, Be, you know I don't remember a
1: lot of specifics. Um, but that at bat, you must that at bat I remember. Um, Do you just replay <laughs> that in your head all the time? <laughs> no, no? I, I don't think. about oh, it. Oh man,
0: I don't think about it. It was twenty two years ago. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but you know it, it like it, it was obviously a highlight of my career. Um, but really. It was more important that we got we got up one. Now our bullpen can hold it, and they did, right. We had to get to a game seven, right. And if we get to a game seven now, obviously anything can happen. Um, Gary hits a bases loaded double. Um, I don't remember who scored the first run or how the first run scored. Um,
1: you guys just took care of business. And it was like four, like, yeah, like four that. to one or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, four um, to one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
0: But like we knew. As as an offense, our we were trying to get their starter out. If we could get their starter out, we we figured our bullpen could beat their anybody else's bullpen, mm. and that was kind of our that was kind of our plan. Um, and that worked out most of the time, not all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> not all the time. I mean, we are human. People people mess up. Yeah, um, have bad days. Um, but it was it, it's. That was really from our offensive perspective, what our, our, our plan was, was mm. we just, if we get their starter out in five,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're going to win this game. And it didn't work out that day because I think we got to the seventh. But sure. <laughs> Yeah, you won either um, way. But yeah. we won anyway. Yeah. Um, and that was like that. That was what's so important for us to, what I thought was so important to get to a tie game. Because once we can get to a tie game, now it's a bullpen battle. Yeah. And I like our bullpen yeah. over theirs. Over theirs. That's good. And that's really, that was really the plan. That's good.
1: So you get named World Series MVP. Was that something that you were expecting? Were you even I've, thinking about it? Never even thought about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, everything's over. People run around the field. Yeah. Honestly, I,
0: wanted, I just wanted to go in the clubhouse and hang out and yeah. party with party. the
1: boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: And people grabbed me and threw me on the stage. And I was like, oh, God, my guys are in there. I don't really want to be up here. <laughs> right? My guys are in there.
1: <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome.
0: And it was great. I mean, listen, it, it's always nice to get awards and recognized, yeah. right? But that's not why we're in it, right. right? We were in it to win games. We were in it to win the ring. That's why we were there, right? Yeah, I got a really nice silver trophy that sits in my house and I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not why we do it. That's not why, why, I, was, why I wanted to go get to a World Series. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get to a World Series to win a World Series ring. And we did, it. We did. Yeah. and it's, it sits next to the trophy, but, um, and it's way
1: smaller, but yeah. <laughs> you know, the trophy's yeah. like that. But it means more to me than, than that trophy ever will. If you got a World Series ring today, it might be the same size. Those things are just oh, bigger now. and bigger. Oh, even even <laughs> that one, 22 years ago, it's so gaudy, I've never even put it on. Before you know, they're going to be knuckles because it's just like taking up the whole hand. I put it on <laughs> a couple times, like in my house, it has never left my house with on my hand. I can assure you. <laughs> oh my gosh, so that's, I mean, we have completely stopped doing the puzzle. Yeah. That, that's fun to talk about. I, I, like I wanted... wasn't kidding, multitasking is not, yeah. not my best move. <laughs> <laughs> I thi- I've heard I've heard theories that it's not even physically possible to multitask your brain just is either really good at switching ideas or it's not good at it. Not yep. there's no way to I'm not good at switching things. ideas.
0: <laughs> like I I I if if I'm posed a handful of problems yeah. I fix one then I'm I fix the on, next yeah. one then I fix the next one then I get the next one. It's probably the best way. You know, to do it. I eat the same way. Yeah. Like I eat- Eat the vegetables, then I eat the rice, then I eat the meat. Right? It's just (laughs) food (laughs) doesn't touch. Yeah, I don't mind if they touch, but it's just like I I just that that doesn't make sense. It doesn't work for me. That's good. Like if we want to sit down and do a puzzle, turn everything off. We'll do a puzzle. Okay. Right? But if you want me to talk, I can't do the puzzle. Don't don't turn it off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But if you want me to chat, I can't do the puzzle at the same time. (laughs) Noted. the, the World Series obviously was huge, but before that, rewinding the clock, nineteen ninety six Olympics, that had to be just pretty awesome for you to be able. to. For sure, those were the two
0: highlights of my career, mm-hmm. of my baseball career. You know, at, at that point, that group was still only college kids, mm-hmm. right? They hadn't they hadn't let the minor leagues minor league guys play in it yet. Um, so, in terms of an amateur baseball career, mm-hmm. that was the pinnacle. Cool. Um, and it's something I, you know, we, actually I lucked out because, you know, it's a four year thing. Most, you know, a lot of the players only stay three. So you, you kind of have to fit in the right spot. Um, I was a sophomore, not a junior. Okay. So most of the kids, most of the guys were juniors. We had a few sophomores, but most of the guys were juniors and, you know, I'd gotten drafted in June and this thing was in August. And then they went off and had their careers and I went back to school. Um, and I don't know if the Olympics was something on my mind that this is something I want to do, because it was just so far off and kind mm-hmm. of unattainable, mm-hmm. really, I thought. Um, but then, as I got into college, started doing better, uh, started doing well, and, and then started getting some, started getting invited to those things, yeah. and um, I thought, huh, maybe maybe this is something, you know, I can do. Um, and it was just, it was so cool. Fortunately for us, it was in, in Atlanta. Nice. Right. So we were playing at Old Fulton County Stadium. Yep. You know, because it was a, we were here in the United States. There was, there was we had sixty two thousand, whether we were playing Australia or Cuba. It's crazy. Place was
1: shaking, right? And what was the biggest crowd before that that you'd ever played in front of? <laughs> a few hundred, maybe. Yeah. You know. Wow. You know, parents and a couple girlfriends.
0: <laughs> like that was. Hopefully not at the same time. Not at the same time. <laughs> uh, and they weren't my girlfriends. <laughs> I'm just saying they were. You know, <laughs> I did not have multiple girlfriends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it was just, you know, like, I went to UCLA, right? UCLA's yeah. in LA, right, obviously in, in Los Angeles. And we got the Dodgers down there. And yeah. so, like, college b- baseball isn't a big deal there.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I can remember we had a, a, the next year, we were number one in the country. US, USC was number two. And we played a weekend series, and there was, like, 1,200 people. Hmm. You know, <laughs> one against two. Now, if that was LSU and Alabama, yeah. there would have been twelve or 13,000. Sure. Right? So, playing in front of that was, was was New, yeah, obviously, but I think I kind of learned. I learned a lot there. That helped me out. Whatever that would have been six years later, right? Playing in the World Series, right? It was that the crowd
1: really just becomes white noise, and it almost becomes quiet in your head. When you're thrown into the fire like that, in an extreme level, it's like everything after that is easier. Yeah. easy. Yeah, I
0: mean, I was 19 years old. I didn't mm-hmm. have any. I was not prepared <laughs> to play, but I did fine. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and it proved to me that that was not a, that was not a big deal for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and really the whole group played really well, so it wasn't really a big deal for any of us. Um, but it was, it, you know, just to, to kind of achieve at that point what, what the, not knowing what the future would hold, mm-hmm. the highest level of amateur baseball that the United States has to offer. Wow. And, at that time. And, well, I guess still. But it was, you know, but, but it was super cool because a lot of us had played both summers together um we were all in college so we played against each other. Um you know we had Stanford guys and USC guys and Cal State Fullerton guys and LSU mm. guys and Clemson guys. You know we were from all over the place mm. and we'd played against each other um That's before cool. now you're and then together. now we're teammates. Yeah. Um you know but it, it, there's something different with wearing the USA across your chest. Oh yeah. Right. Then than any other uniform you're ever going to wear. Um Because we were all college kids, right? It wasn't a business, right? Nobody was making money. Nobody Mm. was doing anything. We were there because we loved to be there and wanted to be there. Pure as as it could get, Yeah. right? I'm sure somebody was making money, but it wasn't (laughs) us, right? (laughs) Um, You know, you still had to be an amateur, all those kinds of things, right? Right. So, you know, it it was just an experience that was, was just pure baseball and pure the enjoyment and the fun that we had was just, it was it was just pure. It was, for lack of a better term.
1: I think that's really good perspective, especially with the World Baseball Classic these days. A lot of fans still are not on board with it and they keep talking about like, oh, it's its an exhibition game, but then you hear from the players and like, this is the most fun we've ever had playing baseball because they're representing their country. Correct. So can you talk about, you, you said that there's nothing like it when you have USA mm-hmm. written on your chest. What did that mean for you personally? Again, like it was, you, you don't
0: really really ever, you know, you don't have many opportunities Mm -hmm. to do it all. We had one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't, I think it was different for us. We had a different perspective as baseball players because that was not the pinnacle of our entire career, but is that our amateur career, right? You know, we weren't, we weren't track and field guys. We weren't, I don't know, badminton players or whatever, right? So where that was the absolute peak that their sporting life would ever get to. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't training four years to play in the Olympics. Right. Right. It was just the start. Of it was regions. just it was just the end of our summer yeah. league that we played in, um, and not to diminish it by any means. It was just we were there representing the United States as the best group of twenty five that we could put together against the internationals. Mm. Um, the other countries take it very very serious, and mm. we were too at that point. Mm. Um, you know, with with the WBC, you know, I would say. The players definitely, I'm don't get me wrong, the players take it serious and they want to win because, listen, we're all competitors and we want to win. We're in like the first two weeks of spring training. Yeah. You know, we're not game, we're not, those guys aren't, you know, mid-season form. No. Not and either. I don't know what the other countries do to get ready for it. You know, I just, I, I don't have that information. But, you know, yeah, our guys, our guys are, they're more prepared than if it wouldn't have been a WBC mm-hmm. year. But, you can't you can't get mid-season form two weeks into camp no there's you just no can't there's no way you know you might yeah you might take a couple more live abs before you leave but do
1: you, do you wish that they would play that
0: at a different time I mean it's
1: not convenient there is, any is no time. perfect time, yeah there isn't
0: right because you there's no way you're going to get a group of guys to go after the season's yeah. over that's not going to happen yeah right everybody's gas no way yeah you're, you can't do it
1: in the middle of the winter because nobody's ready and there's no way they're going to stop the season. No, there's no way. You know. And no way that any manager would be okay with sending any of his players to that For during the sure. Season. Yeah.
0: Right? Like the perfect time would be, okay, let's stop let's stop the stop the whole league for 2 weeks at the All-Star break. Yeah, but Right still, now everybody's yeah.
1: ready to go. That's nerve-wracking. But like, that for will
0: managers, never yeah, happen. No, there's no way. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was asked a question uh about the so I was just in Taiwan about about a month ago cuz my son played on the uh the 12U national team. Oh, cool. And he got to wear The USA across his chest. Very nice. Which was cool. And they asked me there, you know, would, would, uh, because baseball's now back in the Olympics, I guess probably depending on kind of what city they're in, Mm -hmm. right? Because who wants to, you know, who wants to build a baseball field in some country that doesn't play baseball, right? Spend all the money to build a field. And then once the Olympics are gone, nobody uses it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it works here, works in London, places like that, but you know, would the, Ameri- would the United States ever send their actual major leaguers? And I said, absolutely not. No. No. Absolutely not. One, we would beat everybody. If we sent 25 of our absolute best major leaguers, yeah, we'd, we'd beat everybody. But there's no way the league's going to stop for two weeks. Hmm. And then they brought up, the guy brought up to me about the NHL because the NHL shuts down right like that's different yeah I don't know why it's different but it's different <laughs> <laughs> I can't give you a good reason why it's different but it's different <laughs> NHL decided to do
1: that MLB will not do that do I promise I yeah there's yeah. no way so this is kind of out of left field but I've always wondered wondered um I remember during your career uh you had had a couple 40 home run seasons mm-hmm. and a 30 home run season and then it was like hey what what happened to Troy gloss this year and a few little like talks about injuries, but also I heard some things about eyesight and contact. And I remember seeing you at the plate and like you doing yeah. that a lot. And and in googling this, I found out some stuff. But I want you to share really quickly, like what went on there and how did you resolve it? So I wore con. I mean, I've been I wore glasses from the time I was I don't know ten or eleven,
0: mm-hmm. um, and pretty pretty substantial ones. Um, so was that was you know not playing without them or playing without them was not an option. Mm. Um, So I'd I'd worn contacts, uh, got in touch. So the irregular, you know, go to, you know, whatever, go to the pharmacy, they order them and, Mm. you know, you put them in. I was really struggling with them because I had a little bit of astigmatism as well. So they kind of had to sit right. Um, I really struggled in some of the downtown areas where maybe the air wasn't as as clean Mm. um, or certainly in places where it was super dry. Sure. Um, Anaheim was actually okay. Had a little, you could still get in the evening games, you'd still get some of the... uh, onshore flow, yeah. right? So the humidity was a little bit higher at Maybe night easier, than it is yeah. during the yeah. day. Um, you know, Oakland, kind of the same way, San Francisco, I mean, uh, Seattle, San Francisco, but Colorado, Texas, um, some of the places that were drier, Detroit, because really, the air was not super oh, clean. yeah, for sure. Motor City. Um, and I started getting <laughs> some infections in my eyes. And then, so then I, I talked to uh, Mark McGuire because I know he had some issues with it. Mm. He gave me his doctor who was up in... Uh, in the Bay Area somewhere. I forget exactly what city he was in. We were in playing Oakland or San Francisco and I went over and saw him. And he gave me some weighted kind of contacts. They stayed more, mm. more fit. Okay. Um, which solved some of the problems, not all of them. Okay. Um, you know, every time you blink, for anybody who we, wear we contact, yeah. you know. i wearing some right there's, now. There's yeah. no guarantee when you open back your eyes that it's gonna be pointing the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> it just isn't. It's not fun. So the weighted ones were better, but it didn't solve all the problems. I was still having the same problems in the, in the dirty air, in the dry air, windy, yeah, things like that. Um, so I went in 2001, maybe? I went to a doctor, uh, Tom Tuma, down in Newport Beach. Um, the laser eye center, because that's where Tiger went. I had a, I one, another one of my teammates uh, had gone, a uh, pitcher, not okay. a hitter, but had, he had gone. So I went in to talk to him. And I said, okay, this is my problem. This is what I'm going through. And I, I met with a guy in New York, Chicago. So like I was doing my research. Yeah. And the guy in New York and Chicago are like, oh yeah, we'll do it. I get down to the guy in Newport Beach. He's like, won't do it. I was like, oh. Huh. That's why, not what why I wanted not? to hear. He goes, the technology's not good enough yet. Oh,
1: really? So I and, said,
0: well, I can appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. The other two guys didn't tell me that, right? Uh, <laughs> so he goes, technology's not good enough. I'll call you when it is. Wow. Okay. So this was, fast forward a couple years. So probably 2003. Uh, yeah, probably 2003. Because I, I, I had my surgery literally like two days before I got married. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so it was like December of 2003. There's a scene clearly joke in there somewhere, Yeah, by the no, way. no, we were good. We were good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Still married to the same person. <laughs> good. So um, uh,
0: Troy Percival goes down there, and he gets it done. Wow. And Tom told him, hey, go call Troy. I'll do it now. Nice. So I immediately drove down there, got it done. Um, went to sleep, woke up. However long I was asleep, I don't know how, but probably this is now, because they... they you know, they, they cover your eyes mm-hmm. with like patches you can't see, right? Got so you it. can't drive home. Um, went to bed or went to sleep, woke up, and I could see my alarm clock literally from here to the, the fridge. Like a regular sized one, not a, not a big yeah. one. Yeah. Right. And I couldn't see this if it was right on my nightstand. Oh my gosh. So, it boom, worked immediately. Wow. Worked. Um, there was obviously a lot of trepidation because um, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. Right? There's not, there, no surgery of any kind is 100%. Um, but I was fed up. I was, I was losing 50 to 80 at bats a year just by these contacts.
1: Hey, you went through right. something like 20 contact. Oh, all kinds. I yet? tried them all.
0: That's crazy. And uh, just, just fighting it. Right. And I just got fed up with it. And I didn't, I, you know, I was losing, like literally I was losing 50 to 80 at bats a year. Cause I'd blink, look up and, and it, it would have moved. Right. But now the ball's coming. Yeah. So now, A, I'm not going to hit it. But B, if it's going to hit me, I'm not going to see yeah, it. I say, that sounds terrifying. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so I just became, I was like, I'm done. And that's when I went to Tom the first time, Dr. Tuma, and then uh, when he said no, I stuck it out for a couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, So like during the World Series, I was still wearing contacts. And then obviously in 03, he finally called me and said, yeah, I'll do it. And it was life-changing. I've had it, I've had one eye, I don't remember which one, but I've had one eye kind of touched up once Mm -hmm. um, in like 08 or 07,
1: but I still see 2015. Wow. Even today. So you had eye surgery that's completely changed your eyes for life. Yeah. Brain study that's changed your brain for life. Before you know it, there's gonna be some surgery where like you're gonna be like, hey, I'm going back to the major leagues. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's there's no there's no surgery. No reverse time clock To off put father time. Yeah. Right? Not yet. Father time is undefeated. Not yet. He gets everybody uh, at some point. <laughs> Troy, this this has been fun, man. We have done a really crappy job of making this puzzle, but we we well, had some listen, good conversations. I told you, like, if <laughs> you want to do a puzzle? Turn everything off. We'll do a puzzle. <laughs> so let's let's get into our twenty seventh out. It's our lightning round. I'm gonna ask you some okay. r- rapid fire questions. You ready to rock? Yeah. All right. Let's do this. One ritual of yours that your teammates only knew about before games.
0: I always, I, I if if available, I always ate a tuna sandwich before the game.
1: Mm, tuna. Why tuna?
0: I like tuna. There you go. Good reason. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who's the one guy
0: you hated facing? So I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't hate facing anybody. Um, but Jeff Nelson gave me fits. Really? Yes.
1: Just because of how tall he was? It or? just I
0: didn't pick him up very well. Wow. There was a couple him and Jeff Weaver, okay. who, who played here at Fresno State. Oh, he, yeah. he gave me fits. Um, I just couldn't pick him up.
1: He had that funky wind up. Yeah, too, yeah.
0: So. He was actually my roommate
1: on the uh, Olympic team. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, who's your favorite player of all time? Can't say yourself. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's not even my
0: kids. Cal uh, Ripken. Oh, that's awesome. How about right now? There's a lot of good ones right yeah, now. There's a, of- there's a lot of really good players right now. Um, you know, what? I, I love the way Bryce Harper plays. Mm.
1: Nice.
0: Um, he plays hard.
1: I and met and I, I
0: respect that a lot, right? And he's yeah. played, he plays through injuries and he plays every day. Which, which is something that I took pride in trying to do. You now It cost me some games along the way, yeah. trying to play through stuff I probably shouldn't have, but I, that I respect.
1: He played at the Juco World Series, which was my first month of being in a new job in Grand Junction, mm-hmm. Colorado. He was still 17 years old, it was the week before the draft. And he hit a home run that got out of that stadium in two seconds. And I swear half the stadium didn't even see it because it did. It probably did not get above 10 feet above. The yeah,
0: no, he's, he's a special he's talent, but we're so lucky right now. There's so many good players yeah. in the major leagues right now. It's, it, it's mind boggling. Some of the things it's these fun. guys can do now at the sizes and stuff that they are, that's what people don't realize when they watch a game Yeah, is yeah. These guys are all really good. They have no idea how big these people are too. Yeah.
1: You really like, don't These it.
0: these these guys are enormous. Yeah. Right, they don't they don't look enormous because they're all enormous, right? Like yeah. they're all huge. So when you st- put them all together, nobody stands
1: out. Yep, <laughs> it's know? so true. It's so true. Uh, <laughs> is there any player that you emulated growing up or while you were Cal? No, yeah. no question. Right, cool. like I was. I played
0: shortstop up through college um, at UCLA. I played short, and he was the the first kind of of the the tall offensive mm-hmm. shortstops. Mm-hmm. You know, he was. I mean, there's, there's no even one B. He was, he was the guy
1: I tried, I tried to be like. That's awesome. Uh, favorite coach that you ever played with? Gary Adams. My, uh, college coach. And that was at UCLA? At UCLA.
0: Yeah. He taught me how to work. Cool. Right. He, 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 Mm -hmm. he taught me that hard work does pay off. Mm. Right. He he, he was, yeah, he's a bit of a drill sergeant. Yeah. Um, you know, but I love him to death. I still talk to him today. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're all getting older. But, you know, he's, he's a wonderful man. He came into my life at a,
1: at a very, at a perfect time. Mm, um, cool. And I appreciate him for it. That's very cool. Favorite non-home stadium to play at? Boston. Oh, okay. Any specific reason why? Because the fans are right on top of you. Mm, and
0: that's cool. when you get booed on the road, that's awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: you know you're good when you're getting booed. Uh, now, getting booed at home, which I've also had happen. Yeah, <laughs> less
1: than awesome. <laughs> okay. But getting booed on the road is awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, is there a person while you're growing up, or a thing that really made you love the game of baseball?
0: You know, I think I think loving any sport really comes from within. Hmm. Um, but my mom, for sure.
1: Really? My mom,
0: um, you know, she had thrown me BP and stuff against the garage when no I was a little kidding. kid. And, and then, my well, it started with my grandma, and she threw me tennis balls, and I smoked her. And then, <laughs> so she stopped. And then my mom did it, and then I smoked her, so she stopped. And she then she's like, you got to go play with the neighborhood kids.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but so nobody in cool. my
0: family was a baseball player, right? Wow. So it was just, uh, you know, it was something, like, I played all the sports growing up, played football, played basketball, yeah. you know, growing up in San Diego, you know, we'd be we surfed and rode our bikes and did all that yeah. kind of stuff and and but the one thing I always got signed up for was baseball. Mm. Um, That's cool. So she was
1: in, instrumental in in my development as a baseball player. That's so cool. Um, if a movie was made about you today, who would you like to play your character? Oh, well, I'd say The Rock just from obviously body. <laughs> yeah, <similarities>. obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, really, just have to transpose the face and be all good. I was going to say,
1: there's the eyebrow right there. Can you smell the rock is cooking? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's the best answer. And my kid will love that. Yeah, good. (laughs) If if I were to ask any of your teammates one word that describes Troy, what would it be? Reliable. Hmm. That's good. you got a 12-year-old son now. Yes. So no matter if it's you telling your 12 year old son or you going back to your 12 year old self, what's the one thing that you would say to 12 year old Troy?
0: Make sure you understand and and have a great grasp of your fundamentals.
1: Hmm. And don't be afraid to have fun. Don't don't ever lose having fun. Cool. I love it. All right. Our final pitch question with you getting ready to coach your son. You know, he's couple in seventh years. grade. It'll couple be a couple years. years. But as you get ready for that, is there nerves? Is there excitement? What, what comes with that? Yeah. Yeah, all of, <laughs> it, all of it, right? Uh,
0: no, it, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, you know, it, it's it's not something I certainly set out to do. Um, but I know I can help him. I know I can hel- help him achieve his goals in this mm-hmm. game. um for a couple reasons, a you know it was obviously the fundamentals. I know them. I know this game. I've been in this game for thirty-five, forty years, yeah. right? Um, there's not much in this game I don't understand. There are some, you know, pitching's not really my thing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but that's our way of pitching coaches. Yeah, right. Never caught, so I don't really know how to do that. Um, but I, 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 I want to be on his journey with him. That's cool. You know, and I obviously I want I want all of his dreams and goals yeah. to come true and if i can help
1: him with that i absolutely will that's awesome very nice troy this has been a ton of fun this might be my yeah. the most fun i've had with an interview <laughs> so far <laughs> thank so you. thanks so much man I appreciate you got your time. It. thank you very much
2: okay next week we have rachel balkovic Rachel, a female? Yes, a female on the show. Rachel is the first-ever minor league baseball manager, and whether you're on board with that or not, that's not the point. She has an amazing story of adversity, of overcoming adversity, of triumph, of just desire coming to the forefront of everything. This this woman, like, I, I just want you to put aside all of the, like, maybe— preconceived notions that you have about whether this is a man's sport or a woman's sport and just listen to the story. It's an amazing story. We're really excited to have Rachel on the show, so make sure you check that out next week. Please subscribe if you liked this video, if you liked this podcast, share it with three of your friends. I know if you're a baseball fan, You've got other friends. Share it with them. Please subscribe and share with three other baseball friends of yours. And if you know any current or former MLB players or coaches or figures, I'd love to have them on the show. Just shoot me a DM on Instagram at setupmanpod, or you can email me if that's more of your thing, kyle at setupman.net. All right, Setup Man Nation, I will see you next week. For now, I'm putting the arm on ice.